You're listening to Ants Talk. Evie Lucas is a donor-conceived person and was born in Melbourne, Australia. Evie was told about her conception when aged 11. Legally, she is not allowed to seek out her father. I wanted to chat to Evie to hear more about her story. Thanks for talking to me today, Evie. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for coming in and having a chat to me. No worries. I'm fascinated by the story. So tell us about your childhood. Um, well, I grew up in, in the Riverland, South Australia. So other than, I mean, this is totally normal to me. All the donor conception stuff is totally normal. Yeah, um, yeah. I always knew I was made um, by IVF and mum would kind of like you would hold a mixing bowl in your arm and do like the, I don't know, like the... The stirring the motion. Yeah, yeah, doing a stir. And that's how I was sort of told that I'd come about. And that's, I understood that, like mixing ingredients, yeah. like for a cake, no worries. <laughs> um, and yeah, just, I don't know, playing outside and running around in trampolines and all the normal kids stuff. Um, yeah, it wasn't really, I mean, when I was told when I was 11, I automatically imagined um, a, like a, a large number of siblings. I don't really know why. I haven't heard anyone else that's donor conceived sort of talk about this, but I imagined because I had my mother and I knew the fathers were all the same mm. and different mothers, I automatically imagined like a mother from every country of the world <laughs> and like <laughs> half of, you know, half of whatever genetics we get from the father's side and then, you know, with like a sibling with an African mother or, you know, like just yeah, all these yeah. kids that were kind of look like me but were, you know, part of their mothers. I just... That's what I imagined. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, well, I suppose at yeah. 11 you, you don't really have, I mean, we don't even really know about sex at 11, so <laughs> yeah. we wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't have too many clues about it all, would yeah. you? Yeah, so I, I, and I had my dad anyway, like my mum had remarried and stuff when I was about four and I just wanted to be like my um, my brother, so he's, he's my stepbrother but he's my brother. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to be like him and we would hang out with dad and um I remember there being like we'd put mattresses at the end of the hallway and run down and do flips and like do fun stuff and he'd, you know, take care of me and, and be dad. And I probably copied my brother and I started just calling him dad yeah. anyway. So, um, yeah, he was my dad. I wasn't thinking about anything to do with the donor and any – it was more like biology, like what do you physically get yeah, yeah. from that person. So you kind of start to wonder who they are and what their traits they give to you. But that was as far as that went. Okay. Yeah. And how did the moment your mother told you about the conception, what led to that point? Um, there was a bit of a strain on the relationship between me and who I thought was my father. Um, it was sort of difficult for me to understand that relationship. I didn't, um, you know, they, my, my parents, my you know, birth certificate parents um, who were on my birth certificate were trying to keep well, – they weren't together mm. pretty much, I don't know, shortly after I was born they weren't together anymore. And um, the relationship between you and, and a father that you see maybe twice a year or and and feel some kind of disconnect from yeah, is really strange and I didn't understand that and um, I think my parents were seeing that. So I guess, you know, I say my parents because I talk about my dad, my stepdad as my yeah, dad. Yeah raising me and um yeah and they sort of sat me down and said well <laughs> and I was so relieved wow. I mean just because there's 
when you're a kid, like you are more intuitive than you think you are. Yeah. You sense emotions. Oh, definitely, yeah. You know, even even when there's a split between parents, like kids can sometimes see it coming or, or know it's coming before it does. There's something not right, but you don't know what it is because mm. you haven't been told. And like kids go along with, if you say, oh, you know, this is, this certain thing is done this way and you go, okay. Yeah, yeah. Next, let's go on the monkey bars. And that's what it was for me too. I remember telling my best friend and she was like, oh, I thought that's how that went anyway. I thought that <laughs> that guy wasn't your father or whatever. Wow. And so we were like, yep. So it wasn't a big deal at all. I mean, even for me <laughs> Just... having a natural father, I mean, I suppose when I was, I mean, I, I knew I was different mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was about four. I, yeah. I mean, I knew I was different to my other siblings, to other kids. Yeah. Um, and even though I didn't know that that meant I was gay, I knew I was different. Yeah. Um, so therefore, and especially with my father at that time, he was very much, you know, sort of the, the masculine man and wanted us to play football and, mm. you know, rough and tumble and all that sort of stuff. And that just so wasn't me, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I was naturally drawn to my mother, my sisters, so even for somebody that came from, you know, my, that knew my biological father, mm. there was even a disconnect with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I can only imagine what it would have been yeah. like for yourself. And you that's know? true with just issues of, of um, masculinity and what it's meant to mean and who you're meant to be and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Totally plays into this as well because the man who I thought was my father at that time, he, I believe he had all these kind of issues because he wasn't able to get a woman pregnant and, yeah. and there were way more complications for my, for my, um, I don't know even what you call them, like my birth parents or the, you know, my legal parents. Yeah. That's, that's the term, my legal parents, um, at the time of my conception because they couldn't have a family naturally. And that led to all kinds of emotional stuff. There's so much emotional trauma that parents go through to have a child. Oh, yeah, and then definitely. when they finally get this child, there's all that pressure to like raise them and, and have them think that these parents are theirs and it to be perfect and for them to love them and all this stuff when if you just act like a parent, like I just um, I sort of adopted my dad mm. and he was there and, and and willing to be a dad so that's kind of how that went. But um, And I I mean he didn't really have any, any issues with, um, with who I was meant to be or any questions I had or anything like that. He was always and he still is really open to talking about it and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Because um, there'd be so many questions. Oh, yeah. Yep. So many questions. Yep. I actually um, did a little bit of research um, <laughs> and I, I just wanted to, more so for the listeners, Yeah. you probably know these facts anyway yourself, but donors are not recorded on a, a donor-conceived person's birth certificate as the law in Australia states specifically provides that a donor has no rights or responsibilities for the child. Mm. Also, it has been estimated that between 20,000 and 60,000 donor-conceived people are now living in Australia at the moment, which is, I looked at that figure and I was blown away. It was actually like, wow, I didn't realise it was such a high number. (laughs) Yeah, and the thing is that we have like 200 and something, not past 300, in the Facebook group for like, it's called RUDC. So there's an enormous amount of people that were born in like the 80s and 90s who like were never told. And the fact there is that some of those people, even on that Facebook page, could be related. Yep. Wow. Yep. And I suppose you wouldn't really know because you're probably even born in different places and 
exactly. The connection wouldn't really connect. Yeah. What have you been told about the laws regarding finding your birth father? Um, it's different in every state because um, the laws are not um, federal. It's all state laws. Yeah, I noticed that myself. Actually. Yeah, so that's kind of difficult because um, it's like states, different states are now trying to kind of play catch up with Victoria. So the laws and the laws have been changing since like 2013 when I moved back to Melbourne for some study there were um, laws that were being um, pushed through and and I I watched them go through the lower house and then that kind of meant that they were pretty certain to go through and then they kept making kind of adjustments to those and stuff Um, but it just meant in Victoria that you could apply to seek more information um, and they would go by what they have um, in terms of information that that they store and stuff and kind of look for the donor and and try and make contact but no one I mean how often do you move house yeah how often will you update information with a sperm bank like if you don't want to be found there could be a lot of ways to get around that or um yeah it can be so it must show it must really mean that when they're going to donate it's very probably very little information's really needed about them yeah and the thing too, that especially in the 80s, and I mean it has changed, you can't be anonymous anymore in right. Australia, which I think is really great because when a child that's born through this way um, and wants to find out information that they can access it and they've had people who have come through um, to donate and they've done that for um, altruistic reasons and they want to give that information mm. and they're open to giving that. It's not someone who wanted to make 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not someone who just did it for the money. But even back then, would they, I wonder if, I mean, because obviously they would have had to have been sort of tested sexually, like, you know what I mean? So HIV, well, not that HIV was huge back then, but you know what I mean? Like venereal diseases. It's it's funny because they used to stamp birth certificates with um, artificial insemination, um, donor something and anyway it said AIDS and it was stamped on the birth certificate some, right. in some places and they had to get rid of that in the 80s because of the massive scare with with AIDS so yeah, yeah. it's like but but also with um say if you wanted to go and donate I'm not sure if this still happens I mean recently I heard that they still take your documentation if you say I'm six foot and I've got blue eyes and I've got super clean medical history They'll take that form and take everything you've said in good faith. Ah. So if you wow. mind it. Like, and in my case, they didn't even check the donor's ID. I suppose in a way, I, I don't even really know, but I'm assuming it would, you'd still be able to catch disease from that, wouldn't you? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't really know the logistics well, of it. No, but I kind of, I don't, I don't think so because, I mean, um, in my case, um, the sperm was, you can get, I think it's from one donation, you can get a 1,000 straws right. that they keep in the little um, vats that yep. are frozen. Um, and I don't think there's that kind of, I don't think there's that kind of issue um, with with diseases and stuff so much. Because in my case especially, like I was, my me as an embryo was frozen for however many years or whatever mm-hmm. the process is so I'm like we joke like that I'm technically 34 or something like I know, we don't know that's just <laughs> yeah. such a surreal <laughs> thinking like yeah. I, I can't even really get my head around it like even when 
I originally heard about you. I was fascinated and I because I started looking at stuff and researching and I was running through my own head thinking that would really be a trip. Yeah. Like it's yeah. really a trip. Some things can feel really like funny and positive, like you can feel like a bit of a superhero because yeah. um, there was only like a 40% thawing rate of embryos being okay after that process and mm-hmm. stuff. So you're like, yes, I'm like... A strong, I'm a great swimmer. Yeah, you know, a strong <laughs> set of genes or whatever. But, um, yeah, there's other parts that are just like how how is this industry existing? Yeah, like yeah. I get there's demand, but in the 80s when there's someone paying, you know, potentially tens of thousands of dollars to have a child and then someone on the other hand making however much per donation and a multi-million dollar industry in the middle mm. and – and I'm kind of the commodity that comes out of that industry yeah. is really messed up. Yeah. Like, and I mean, there was that story just recently about that guy that supposedly, I mean, they think that he's possibly fathered thousands of children and, you know, yeah. he almost looks at it as a profession, you yeah. know, like. Yeah. And people with a God complex do really well in the sperm donation yeah, I industry. Bet. I bet. Um, and they're also introducing like human error into the mix as well. Yeah. Like, um, you know, there's a reason that that our, you know, body parts look the way they do because there's yeah. nothing that can go wrong in the middle when the process happens naturally. But you're introducing forms and, you know, nursing staff and whoever else and people who maybe don't want to keep documents or however it ran in the 80s that can mm. mess things up and you won't know. And that. the big thing too at the moment is, you know, females even sort of keeping their eggs and, you know, fertilising those and keeping yeah. them banked. And, I mean, I've yeah. even got friends that have done it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's definitely not really changing. No, it's, it's not con- going continuing. away. Especially with same-sex couples, they want to have kids. Yeah. And I, I'm totally all for parents wanting to have kids and I, I understand the part of like, you know, you were so loved and, and all that kind of stuff. But there's just – there is an element of risk with um, knowing if your children are going to be yours, which mm. is really – you're putting that in someone else's hands, which is really kind of scary to think about. Um but, like, I, I mean, there's just been a case in the US, which is where it seems like all the problems come from because people can still get paid for donations and all that kind of stuff yeah. there. So, um, and the laws are very loose there as well. You can still totally be anonymous. And there's been a woman who gave birth to twins that were not biologically related to her or her husband. Wow. And it's kind of like what... It, does she abandon them? Yeah. They're never going to find out who the genetic parents are. They're not, they don't have DNA tests of everyone on record. If, you know, you wanted to go and have a baby and they said, right, well, we need a DNA sample from you just in case. Yeah, like, yeah. That would well, there's so much room for error because, I mean, even with a normal birth, there's, you know, there's mix-ups in, mix-ups <laughs> in hospitals where exactly. they're giving parents the wrong baby yep. and taking them home and they're raising them for years and then yep. all of a sudden, whoops. Yeah. You know, so with that sort of thing where everyone's just, it's, you know, vials of yep. it's in a freezer, step. which, you know, one little number written down incorrectly on the, the actual label. Yeah. I mean, there's so yep. much room for error. Yeah. It's, it's actually It's just scary. one step. It's just one step before that mix-up yeah. at the, in the, you know, that's incredible. Love a podcast? Love some Ants Talk. So what information is available for you or is there absolutely none? Um, usually, like, even in South Australia, you can call up. Um, if, if you, The thing is you, you need to have access to 
possibly your mother's files and the story from your mum, like where she had her treatment. Then from there you can contact the clinic. If it's still around, contact the clinic or whoever has taken over those records and they might tell you um, there might be some non-identifying information that the donors left. It might give, you know, physical attributes and stuff like that. Um, But there also might be a list of siblings if they've kept records with the same donor code and stuff and kept them um, together and kept the records properly. Mm. They might give you a list of siblings, say, oh, you know, three births resulted in different families. Um, There's a girl born in, you know, um, um, 1998 in July, female, and that's kind of what they'll give you in terms of that sibling's identity and stuff because the privacy laws are like the trickiest part. Yeah. Yeah. And I was reading about the privacy laws and I I noticed that there was – basically different information available to different people. So, you know, you yourself, very little information yeah. where if you were sort of in part of the medical field, then they're going to get a little bit more information because yeah. they're allowed to actually access a little bit more than what yeah. a you know, normal person would be. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would probably always be sitting there going, maybe Brad Pitt could be my father. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that, yeah, you your do head fantasize. would constantly yeah. be questioning you know, yeah. the reality of it. Because you want to believe that there's this person who was amazing and yeah. did all this amazing stuff. And a lot of the time it's med- medical students because um, right. they were like, you know, um, they would have been quite intelligent and um, wanting to um, – they wanted to get people who were, um, you know, superior yeah, yeah. to be the donors – but that's kind of as far as you can, like, speculate. Otherwise yeah. it could be anybody. And and that's I remember crazy. when the, the laws were changing and there was a lot of stuff like one donor came out and he wanted to stay anonymous in this newspaper article and he's got a Mercedes now and he's like, what if these donor kids rock up on my lawn oh, and stuff? And I was like, God. you know, he's saying, um, what if they uh, want to, you know, take everything from me, which A, they're not legally allowed to, allowed to or that yeah. they have no legal claim on anything. And I, I was really shocked when I heard that was a stigma that came from this. Um, I'd never heard of it living in South Australia. Yeah. It was only when I moved to Melbourne I was like, oh, my God, people think this way. Um, but the second thing is that they wonder if, oh, my God, these donor kids, what if they're criminals, what if they're murderers, all this sort of stuff. And we're kind of on the other side going, what if you're a psycho? Exactly. Well, wouldn't that have come from you anyway? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really... Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. So so basically like a like a normal DNA test that we could get from, you know, any, yeah, any of those multiple sites that are now doing it, yep. what... Would that offer you any information? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it would. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm continuously finding siblings on Ancestry.com. Wow. Yeah. And so the first sibling that I'd found, <laughs> um, we'd actually met a year prior at a donor conceived conference and she looked at me and said or, and thought that I looked similar to her and she said her donor code, which was different to mine, and said she was from South Australia and I thought... Uh, whatever, SA, yeah, yeah. can't be. And then a year later we match. And in the photo that was taken that day, we're like one person in front of the other. Um, like, 
And I felt really bad that I had just written her off, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that I hadn't known. Like you'd think you would recognise a sibling, but you don't. Well, no, because you've had no connection really. Mm. And so the thing with that is um, you could see how with how many centimorgans you share with someone yeah, yeah. on those sites, it predicts a relationship. So we're either auntie like aunts to each other or half siblings. So it makes it pretty obvious. Um, And so this proved that in the 90s or 80s and possibly 90s, they were sending sperm interstate, which they said they never did. Right. So that's kind of violating the agreement that they had with donors to say we're not sending this anywhere when they did. And you can imagine Um, they would have. I mean, well, yeah, it's, you know what I mean. If they've only got, yeah. if they've got ten thousand people doing it in New South Wales, and they've only got ten doing it in South Australia, yeah. but a bigger demand, then they're going to be sending that across. You know they are. Yeah, and there's, it's it's funny that that it was thought that this would never get out. When yeah, it's so it can be eighty dollars to get an ancestry kit. Yeah, and it's it's the most amazing thing too because it shows you you know how much Neanderthal DNA you yeah. have and. It's getting oh, really I've been specific. I've been dying to do it, but yeah. I'm just you know what it is with me. I've I'm too many conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think to myself, oh my god, they're gonna you know they're gonna use it for something, or they're gonna you know yeah. no be able to place me later on when the world starts to self destruct. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I like think, things that run through my head. <laughs> I think the face app is more dangerous oh, than a DNA. I know, right? Yeah, I know. I actually was putting, <laughs> I was all over Facebook with my warnings, <laughs> telling people don't do it. Yeah. It's just funny how people just jump into things so easily and so yeah. quickly without even giving it a second thought. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd actually be interested to do it because I'm fascinated to find out what my history would be because I've yeah. heard so many stories and yeah. we don't really know. You know, I mean, all of my grandparents have passed away yeah. and we didn't really get told a lot about it. You know, mm. I know that they were all Australian. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I've even heard of an Indigenous background. Wow. So I'm really fascinated to find out whether that's uh, there. Yeah. I'd recommend it. Yeah, I it's... think I will. I think I'll do... Now that I know... <laughs> I'm not trying to sway. No, you. no, but, I mean, now that I know, I'm a little bit more at ease about it because I'd love to find out. Yeah. I think it's getting really specific with, um, like, on my mother's side, they're from Latvia, and it and that's a top thing that comes up, and it wow. even special, um, specifies different areas in yeah, Latvia yeah. that... I mean, that's dependent on how many people from that area are doing the tests. Yeah. So um, that's that's where they get their kind of um, – which is why they're changing all the time. Yeah. What comes up on your results changes as they can up- update Yeah, because it used to be very basic. Yeah. yeah. It just sort of gave you yeah. the possibilities really. And it is tricky with – I mean, you do still have to kind of be careful or think about it that – these companies might have um, interests with pharmaceutical companies and things like that. So it's kind of it's kind of information sharing, but it depends how I mean how much they can get out of that information mm. from your DNA because it's it's just a spit sample. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I mean, we've uh, now got yeah. you know what is it my uh, my health record? Yeah. Really, I mean. I think privacy's out the window these days. Yeah, it's you know, really. really. There's a. I mean, if if people really wanted to, mm. I mean, they could follow us around and grab a coffee cup. You know, yeah. they're going to have our DNA. It's you know. <laughs> well, for me, like because I'm DC and, and I I want to find siblings and, um, 
and connect with them, that choice is taken away. Yeah. Anyway, like I don't want to marry one of my half siblings. Yeah. And they yeah well, that's another it. point too, isn't it? Yeah. So in Didn't my even case, think of that. yeah, it's it's pretty scary because um, I had a friend in Melbourne and she met her donor, and I saw she had posted pictures on Facebook, and I said, um, "I know your half brother." From that family, from that donor wow. that he grew up in, you know, had his own children and I knew him. And the world's way smaller than you think it is. So you could meet someone and think, we have this chemistry and, yeah. you know, I, you know, and I mean, you what see, is that? You see cases you know, of it all the time. You it's know. definitely happened. Donor yeah. can see people have gotten together, had kids and then found out they're half-siblings. Um, so I'd really like to prevent that or just have that honesty and that yeah. openness to find out. The world yeah. is a tiny place. I mean, you know, I, it's been proven many times to me. I was first ever trip overseas. I was actually went to London and I was off about to do a little bit of sort of work with this company and I was walking to the place. I got lost. I'm in the middle of this street in the middle of who knows where. Mm. And then around the corner comes one of this one of my best friends from when I lived in Brisbane yeah. with her parents who were also lost. <laughs> and it was just like this is how? so surreal, you yeah. know what I mean? But that's how small the world is these days. It's abs- and if anything, since even then it's gotten smaller because of the internet and Exactly. You know. Yeah. We're all very connected now. Yeah. Very connected. Um now I also know about the other sibling that's out there. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel? Um, knowing about the one I've met? Yeah. Um, it's really hard because everyone, every one of your half-siblings that you might find have grown up in a completely different place with completely different parents, mm. had a completely different experience growing up, and you want you want to connect. With, um, and this is different for every DC person, but you want to connect with them and you want to have this relationship with this like long lost sibling but it might not necessarily happen or it just it really depends on the personalities and it's not like because you shared genetics that yeah. you're going to get along even in normal families that have you know created children naturally and they've grown up together they might hate each other yeah, yeah. or have nothing in common so you're kind of introducing like an extra degree of separation and so I thought it was funny because you kind of start off in maybe like when we when I met this sister, we started off in our twenties where we don't have any of that history of she used to bully me and yeah, and yeah. you know blame me and I'd get in trouble and she would rat on me or, or whatever. You don't have that backstory, but yeah. you also don't have any of those memories that draw you close and um, have helped you bond and you're, it's really weird. It's like, it's like going on a blind date and meeting someone that you've decided you want a relationship. It's really, it's really weird. Cause I mean, they could, you know, be part of the Westboro church (laughs) and because you've been brought up with completely different ideals and you know, they could be the polar opposite to how you actually think and view the world. And That would be just surreal. So you're going in pretty surreal. pretty blind. But, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's really tricky. And in, in my case, I've found that because of what the donor's done, which was donating under a bunch of fake names mm. to possibly make more money. So none of our codes are um, 
like my donor code is different to my sister's donor code who was um, born in South Australia, that might be because because she's linked to one of the false names that he used or yeah. because it was at a different clinic or because they just didn't keep the records very well when going to state. So I wonder if they could reverse it and with what they've – I wonder if they've actually got any – product of him left that they Mm. could DNA and potentially find him that way? I don't think so. I don't think, I think because things were kept so loosely and I don't know, you know, Mm. expiry dates or, or, you know, if things have been in freezers for 10 years, if they get rid of them, there is a cap at 12 families, which is a joke also because (laughs) That's not the case with mine. Wow. And I, I know a girl who has 25 half-siblings and mine we were kind of estimating at like 40 now. If 12 families and if he's used four fake names, that's 12 times four. Wow. So it's, I mean, I've made an Excel spreadsheet of the codes and stuff that I've been able to find and the facts that I know from that different things. And it's just, we don't know. That is absolutely crazy. <laughs> I also know that you do some ad- uh, advocacy work around the issue. Can you tell us more about that? Um, I've done a couple of things and I've been pretty quiet lately yeah. about it just because um, after I was I was doing some because I knew that this um, legislation change in Victoria was going to mean more answers for me. Mm. So I was doing a bit more then um, and I was really happy that the laws were changing so I I did a little bit of publicity stuff around then but now I now that I'm living in South Australia I really want to help to push those laws along yeah um because right now where my siblings information is is stored at Adelaide Uni and that used to be owned by one of the clinics and now it's not and now no one really manages those files and they're just sitting there and no one's allowed to access them or wants to or they're not I think they're not legally um, it's like they're not legally allowed to or not allowed to kind yeah, of yeah. thing. It's just it's totally in limbo. Um, and so Nat Cook and I know it was um, um, Tony Piccolo were helping with the laws, um, but I'll probably they'll get a message from me soon. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting ready to like to do more writing yeah. and to help the people here because. It's not as big a community as it is in Melbourne with a lot of people that know they're donor-conceived and um, there's an authority treatment board and stuff that run, um, like, um, get-togethers. And it's it's funny because they're kind of like, they feel like AA meetings, you know, you yeah. go in, hi, my name's <laughs> this, and I was, you know, we play jokes whether you know you were fresh or frozen, hi, I'm this, and I was frozen. Like, yeah. it's And it's such a weird place. But in that meeting when you that's your first point of contact yeah. with getting into this kind of world of what's happening and how do people feel about this that are actually in involved mm. and you go there and you could look at someone across the room and there's a rule that you don't share donor codes because you might say this is my code and then someone across the room goes oh my god that's my code and they yeah. have to sit there they sit there in silence until you go up to them at the end and go yep we're it looks like we're related we should do a dna test like, and it's weird when there's that tension in the air because I remember going to one and everyone was like, you girls look alike. And yeah, I, it was crazy. a standoff, do you know Donor Code? Yep. And she said hers and I was like, no, nah, no, nah, it can't be. But you won't know unless yeah. you do a 
DNA test. Or you turn up to a meeting and everyone looks like you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, what laws would you like to see changed? Um, I think how Victoria has done it has been really good because there is protection for the donors. Yeah. They've signed a contract in the 80s and they don't want this now adult coming after them or mm. what feels like coming after them. So they've they've um, used adoption laws to kind of keep uh, some of the protection for donors and stuff. So I've signed a waiver with yeah. with um, with them in Victoria to say that I won't contact the donor in me to him. Yeah. Because then there's a fine involved and all that kind of stuff. Sure which is a level of protection, but also it means that he has access to um, facilities like counselling and things yeah, like that to yeah. really deal with the, the emotional and the mental side. I, I think there should be almost like a third party that that could sort of, you know, I mean, like yourself, like yeah, yourself yeah. if you had an interest to meet them, then you they could potentially take that message to him and say, listen, yep. the child does want to meet you. At the same time, back when they did the donation, they signed something that basically, you know, gives away that they've got complete rights. They don't have to do anything with the child or offer any money or any guidance or anything like that. Yeah. So that still protects them. But I think that it would be good to have that third party that sort of could join the people together if both wanted to. Yeah, and that's what, I mean? that's what they do in Victoria. Yeah. It's And the trickiest part is when the information's not correct. So yeah. they, they try their best and they're trying they try so hard to go between what they have to do and what they want to do with um in terms of making the donor conceive people happy and the donor happy and then abiding by all of the laws because that's what they have to do. Mm. So it's it's definitely a helpful part because I wouldn't want to go just um without any guidance and contact the donor there's yeah, no way yeah. i'd want to rock up on his front lawn like hey bitches no way yeah <laughs> recognize this nose like you know yeah it's yeah. not it's not a good way to start a relationship no exactly exactly so, um would you go down this same path yourself if need be um i had tried to contact the donor but he was very difficult to reach and I think after a bunch of things that I had found out, like things that he had done, I donated under different names and all that kind of stuff. Mm. When you're younger and you have this idea that he's going to be this fantastic yeah, man yeah. and stuff, you know, it said on my forms that he was into flight navigation and he was a pilot and stuff. And I was like, wow, why didn't I get that eyesight? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, the cool stuff that you think. Or at least person... the discount with the airline. <laughs> exactly. Where's that? <laughs> would have been helpful but you know like you um imagine this great man and, and doing this stuff and as you learn bits and pieces it just it can smash it like yeah. to to me it gets more complex and you might end up with more questions and what about in the way of you accepting a donation if you wanted to get pregnant would you do that oh yeah that one's complicated when I was little I said oh, I want to donate so many eggs to so many ladies and now I'm like nope <laughs> no I couldn't couldn't do it it's like yeah I don't know it's so complex that sometimes yeah, I can't even is. get my head around it and I, I I'm finding that these days 
I mean, I have so many friends, straight, gay, everything, mm. trying all different ways of conceiving and mm. I just find that a lot of it's not successful these days. It's mm. just not happening for a lot of people and mm. they're wasting so much money. Mm. Like the amount of money these people are spending is ridiculous. Mm. Um, and it just doesn't seem to be happening. And, I mean, that's mm. from younger couples, older couples, healthy, unhealthy mm. You know, like so many different complex, mm. you know, situations. Yeah. But it just doesn't seem to be happening as often these days as mm. I think we would hope. Yeah. And I'm not sure with the, like you would think that the technology would be getting better, better and, yeah. and all of that kind of stuff and the success rates for embryos and all um, like thawing and, and being successful looks like it goes up mm. from the 80s but... Yeah, I'm not sure why things would be that way. And, yeah. Mm. So if um if someone was in a similar situation to yourself, can you give them any advice or even the Facebook page to yeah, go so and look at? There's a, a page called IUDC um, and that's a good sort of starting point. Mm. Um, even Googling different things about donor conception to find out more stats and things. Um but it's very open. There's a there's a worldwide group called We Are Donor Conceived, and there's a lot of people from the US in that one. Yeah. Um, but I think if you don't want to, if you've just found out, it might take you a few years to kind of come to terms with it. And yeah. I know some people who just don't want to open that can of worms, which is fair enough too. And there's a sense of loyalty to your family that you grew up with, and and this is the thing that is really important because I know so many parents of donor conceived children that are growing up now, maybe aren't even teenagers yet that mm. really um, can really come at the DC people who are um, all for honesty and for openness and that kind of thing, because um, they see us as a threat to yeah. their relationship with their child. But what I would really stress is that your child is going to love you because you're raising it and if you have that relationship they're going to be loyal to you and I still you know when I found my first um half brother I had to say to my stepbrother who like you know my brother you're my brother right you know yeah, that right yeah, yeah. like even if I have found a you know half sibling you're my brother right like you know you're my my one true brother yeah. <laughs> like it was it's a really weird like yeah it is funny it's you know? I mean even in my own family my sister, who's now passed, it's actually her birthday today, um, mm. she had her first child to a man when she was very young. Mm. Um, he has now passed away also. Um, and funny enough, his wife of many, many years contacted my nephew and said, I'm your father's ex-wife or, you know, well, still wife but ex because he's passed. Yeah. You actually have three brothers. <gasps> so he's now met all of his, like, basically new family and they're having the best time together and so many memories and Mm. the boys love him because he looks and reminds them so much of their father. Um, And, I mean, they're really enjoying it. But one of the first things I did was contact him and say, just remember you're ours. (laughs) (laughs) You're ours, right, remember? It's so funny how, (laughs) yeah, people want to have a claim on you and that's lovely, like, you know, there's so much love and it's kind of like families just expand. Like with these siblings, it's just like. Oh, look, we're happy for him. Like 
it, it was almost like something was always missing and he's found it and mm. he's so happy at the moment. Like, mm. And it's just beautiful to see. And, I mean, who doesn't want your family to see your family happy? Yeah, exactly. You know, that's the yeah. important thing, I think. Yeah. And if you're a good parent, your children are always going to be, want to be around you, really. Yeah, and if you're honest, I mean, it's really hard when, you know, your child gets older and they're a teenager and they've formed that sense of self and, you know, you go, oh, no, no, we won't tell them now, wait till year 12's after, oh, mm. no, uni's stressful, wait till after, oh, they want to have kids, oh, my God, uh, no, no, we won't tell them now, like different things like that and it can come out in fights, like yeah. it can come out at the worst possible times but I think... Um, it's like it's best to tell your kids when they're young but if you can't do that even if you have to have that difficult conversation they're going to be rattled there's a lot of complex feelings Mm. but a lot of the times it doesn't it doesn't obliterate that relationship if you're honest It, it really doesn't and it doesn't matter if they're not genetically related to your family yeah I mean, that's the one thing I've, I mean, I've grown up with being gay is that, you know, initially when I didn't know how my family would react, Mm. I made my own family with friends, you know, like, and I still, you know, I'm still family with those people, you know, 40 years later. So it's, you know, it's something that's, it doesn't have to be blood. I mean, some of the people we're related to, we don't want to be related to, do you know what I mean? So. You know, regardless, yeah. it's it's always important just to be honest, I think. Yeah. Honesty is the key. And it this. can be a lot more inclusive than exclusive. It just yeah. depends on the way you want to go about it when you do find out kind of thing. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I would. I mean, I would recommend a DNA test. And if you're considering a DNA test and, I mean, even if you're not sure if your parents are your parents, if you're considering a DNA test, I would recommend having that discussion with your parents Give mm. them that chance to say... To give them, yeah, to own up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, just in I, case. I had a match on Ancestry and I. it's really hard because I'm now this person that has to be careful. Hey, it looks like we're related. Mm. Um, potential cousin or whatever it shows up as, um, which is super odd. It wasn't showing up as, as half-sibling straight away when this happened. They've gotten more specific and stuff recently yeah but um you know and this this guy writes back and says yeah pretty cool isn't it like I wanted to find um I was hoping to find some kind of exotic you know Egyptian (laughs) DNA or something and I was thinking oh my god and I said oh have your parents your parents know you've done this test yeah yeah I talked to them no one else in my family's done it though and I was thinking he has no idea yeah no idea that he's donor conceived um And it's like sort of up to you then to handle the situation and that's no, that shouldn't be my job Yeah. To no, tell, exactly. for me to tell a sibling yeah. who you've thought is your dad is not your dad. And he's in his 30s. Yeah. Um, and this, this is not the first time that that's happened. I've matched the girl and we end up talking on the phone and, and I have to say, you know, how close are you with your parents and... In this situation, she said, oh, you know, you know, estranged from one and don't really talk to the other. And I thought, okay. And once I had told her, like, look, it looks like this is how we're related. This is how I was conceived. Mm. Maybe you should have a chat to your mum. And straight away she was kind of like, this makes a lot of sense to me and talked to her and 
and you know took some time to process and she came back and said yeah mum had the treatments and stuff and it's really hard because that doesn't start your relationship off with your sibling very well no it's sort of like hey your parents have lied to you in some capacity welcome to the family yeah it's so (laughs) weird and I don't like that part of it I would rather parents be the one to tell exactly children and yeah and Take the blow a little lighter, at least. Yeah, it's just it's not easy, like, and I, I don't blame them. But if, if your child goes off and does an ancestry, I can't imagine, you know, being a parent and your stomach dropping when they've said, oh, my God, I've just done this ancestry yeah. test. It's so cool. Check out my results or something. And you just see this, you know, all this Polish heritage when <laughs> you're both convicts or, like, you know, family, <laughs> you know, stock. And, and yeah. then they're kind of wondering what's this about and... Yeah. There's opportunities to to have the difficult discussion, but I can I can't imagine how much your stomach would drop when yeah, you I can imagine. Yeah. Um, can you give us that Facebook page one more time? Yeah. So there's we are donor conceived is a group, and then there's R U D C, kind of like the R U okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, branding, but yeah, and it oh, might be a little bit secretive. You might have to um befriend an admin, and they'll let you in and just just have a message with them. And you can always get more yeah. advice probably from the people there that have had all different experiences anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's really open sharing. If you're, I mean, things that um, do affect people are things like Father's Day and mm. all those kind of things where they're just so confused about feelings. Someone might just, um, you know, the what's on your mind, just, hey, guys, I'm feeling like this. I just need yeah. someone to vent. Um, and people go, yeah, I get it. Cause, yeah course yeah. yeah so that's yeah it's it's really supportive kind of community and stuff so thank you yeah. so much for chatting to us no worries it's been brilliant <laughs> i really appreciate it and i'm okay. sure the listeners will too yeah thank you so much my pleasure have a good one tune in each week for ants talk to learn about real life stories celebrities and everything in between